0: FM. My monthly conversation with Michelle Woodward is here today, and we're going to talk about why you're already a leader, even if you don't think you are. In this conversation, we talk about what is a leader, what gets in the way of your leadership, confidence and arrogance, toggling under toggling between leader and participant, the shoulds of leaderships, and so much more. I'll circle back after the conversation with Michelle and thanks so much for listening. Michelle Woodward, hello and welcome back. Howdy. How are you? Oh, I'm happy to be talking with you. Me too. And I can't tell you, I must tell you this, like I get emails. You're now in my like iTunes reviews. People love or the listeners love to have you on the show that you're some of their favorite people that come on my show. So thank you so much for doing this every month with me.
1: Yeah, my Oh, gosh, I'd do it every week with you if you'd have me. I'm going to have to go uh, lurk on the iTunes messages just to feel good about myself. I'll have to do that. I'm going to do that as soon as we finish.
0: So today we're going to talk about why you're already a leader, even if you don't think you are. Don't you just love this topic? I
1: I could talk about this topic for, you know, a week. Um, I think it's especially for women, but also for some men you know, it, it takes a lot of chutzpah. It takes, it It's it doesn't seem, I don't want to, how, how do I say, it's not like we are trained to be so self effacing that we don't want to say, well, yeah, you know, I'm kind of a natural leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who says that, right? Unless they're running for president, who says that? And so, you know, a lot of people in my course of my coaching, I'll say, well, you know, as a leader and they're like, whoa, back up. I'm not a leader. What, I'm you know I just I just come to work and I do my job or you know I'm not, I'm not a leader I'm just a mom driving a carpool you know I'm not a leader I'm I'm like a you know electrician back off you know the word leader gets people to kind of get a little uncertain
0: about themselves I'm I'm sure you've seen this Oh absolutely and that just is a really toxic word Yeah Yeah it's a prefix that doesn't allow you to really just own like, I'm a mom. Okay, that's awesome. To say, right. I'm just a mom, that's like a put down. I,
1: right.
0: And I know that because I used to say that, you know, 25 years ago, oh, I'm just a swim coach. What does that mean?
1: Right. Just an awesome swim coach So what <laughs> it should have been, but that's only me saying that out loud. So I think the thing is, is like, you know, we, we resist things, what we resist persists, and, you know, we put things off because it feels icky and it feels like, oh, who am I if I claim, my, claim myself as a leader? But the truth is, if you're a parent behind the wheel of the minivan and you have your kids plus four other kids because you're driving them to school, or you're driving them to practice, you're driving them to the movies, you're wherever you're going, you're somebody everybody in the car is looking at. If you You know, lose your temper and have road rage behind the wheel. You are leading those passengers, those kids, to think this is what is here's an experience of a normal person driving a car. You know, if you if you sing with them, you know, you turn the music up really loud and you sing to your heart's content with them. You know, the latest pop song. You're also leading them with what is possible. So I think in a million ways, every day we lead. I just went to Starbucks. I know they're not a corporate sponsor of yours, but they should be. Um, I just dropped by Starbucks this morning. And I held the door open for somebody, which is something that I do. And um, I noticed as I stood in line that other people were holding the door open. Were they holding it open because of me? Probably not. But if they saw me doing it, opens the space up that maybe they can do it too.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, that's leadership, leadership right? That's leadership. And you notice how you didn't say, well, I just opened the door. You opened yeah. the door. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why, why do you think people struggle with owning being a leader in their life? Have you ever been to like...
1: Um, I was going to say to the shore, which is what we say in the east here above like uh, Baltimore and up is the shore. Um, but if you go to s- sort of, a, there, you know, like a boardwalk or a fair or any of those kind of places that have an old game called whack-a-mole. So whack-a-mole is this game where you get this big mallet and little creatures stick their heads up. And the goal is, is to take the mallet and whack them down so that nobody's head is sticking up sometimes life is like whack-a-mole and that you know you have the fear that if i stick my head up as a leader somebody's going to do whatever they can do to whack me down um and a lot of people have this fear that that if they stand up and own themselves as a leader that there's going to be a negative consequence Mm -hmm. that's what i think what do you think
0: I, I think that is um, very true because you're afraid of the critics, right? What are people going to say?
1: Who am I to stand up and mm-hmm. say I'll be in charge? Really, who who you know, especially if you've got the imposter syndrome dealio going. You're like, uh, you know, they're going to find out I'm a, really going to find out I'm a faker when I say I'll be the leader.
0: Don't you think it comes from this belief that we're supposed to make everybody happy? I mean, as a leader, you can't make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. And the best, the
1: best leaders take that on board, right? The best leaders know there's no way in the world I can make everybody happy. I'm, I'm reading the biography of Alexander Hamilton, Mm -hmm. the one that's like eight inches thick, you know, it's huge. Mm -hmm. Like I was so happy yesterday. I got to the past, the point where all the pictures are. It's like, I am on the downslope now, baby. I am (laughs) close to, you know, I've figured out where the, um, you know, where all the acknowledgments and the. You know the bibliography and all the all that stuff is, and I'm like, I got this much left. But what's interesting to me is that Alexander Hamilton was such an amazing uh, productive guy, and he was basically a- asked to lead anything where he walked in the room. People asked him to lead because he was available to lead. I mean, because he could do it, mm-hmm. and he also did it without any um, question you know, we needed a new treasury system in the United States. Alexander Hamilton figured it out. Not only like what our coins and dollars needed to look like and how much they needed to be valued by, but he figured out how to sell government bonds. Um, He figured out how to uh, get rid of our debt from the revolution. And then somebody asked him if he could figure out – you know how to do the coast guard you know it's like this guy could do freaking anything and it was because he didn't have any trouble saying he was leader however um no lesser lights than james madison and thomas jefferson hated him mm-hmm. hated everything he did and was their his enemy from pretty much the get go but that didn't stop hamilton from having a vision and executing his vision
0: how did he not get in the way of himself like how did he let go of or not even care that these people hated him? I think he did care um, mm-hmm. but I also think
1: he he had the support of, of George Washington mm-hmm. and so you know you kind of got a big ally there and the founder you know the father of the nation mm-hmm. right and so he did take it personally but he also felt like the the thing he was engaged in, was so critically important to set the foundation for a country that was going to succeed for years and years and years and years. Um, that he, he, he wrote, um, he wrote responses to Madison and Jefferson, but he did it under a pen name. Um, so that it wouldn't necessarily be directly tracked back to him. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a fascinating book if you're at all interested. But it really does show me it sh- showed me like what leadership really looks like. It looks like getting the vision, getting the buy in from the key people, not necessarily everybody, but the key people, and then doing what you can do to get the resources together, to get all the the um, support together. And to come up with the novel solution that allows things to move forward. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I think about this as as the executive director of the swim team and this nonprofit swim team, right? Where um, talk about a lot of uh, vulnerabilities and anxiety, and you know, parents not sure if this is the right path. Um, one of the things that I've really had to, as a recovering approval whore, I've really had to make peace peace with, is that there are people that. I am either the most beloved or the most hated person in my community, especially this summer. And because I have to make decisions um, for the group, right? And I think about the kids, but for the group, and I have to make decisions where people may not understand. But one of the things that I do for the most part, I want to use my values, which we, you and I talk about a lot. And then the other is, is that I also know that probably in 10 years, The parents are going to come back and be like, wow, you know, because they don't understand where we're going, but I know where we're going and I have the vision and I know, and I have the experience and, and so on, but it's so vulnerable that it triggers a lot of people. And so I become really hated, (laughs) but I have to be okay with that. You know, when, when my kids
1: were in elementary school, they, uh, the school came up with a new math program that had come out of Harvard or somewhere and it made absolutely no sense. Um, you know, they, they really encouraged children to estimate. Instead of memorizing the times tables, they were sort of taught to find landmark numbers. So, you know, 25 times 10 was uh, 10 times 20 is 200. 50 times, Five times 10 is 50, so it's 250. That's the way they would do that. Instead of just memorizing it, which was the way we did it, and the math made no sense. I couldn't help them with their homework. It was horrible. I was a big critic, but the teachers are like, well, look this. The research says that by kids doing it this way, it's going to be easier for them to take on algebra, and it's going to be easier for them to go higher in math. I'm like, I don't think so, because my kid does not know what 7 times 90 is. They just do not know. Mm -hmm. And how surprised was I when my kids got to algebra and it was a breeze. Mm -hmm. And when my kids got to calculus, it made sense. And it made sense because foundationally, the leadership of the school chose something that I didn't get. Mm -hmm. But in the long term, it made a huge, huge difference. So that is leadership. You, the, what you're doing with the swim team and, and what the decisions you're making, that is absolutely leadership. And the the um, plumber who um, shows up on time, does the job that needs to be done, works clean, um, is kind and efficient, is also showing leadership. Mm-hmm. I, I think we just have this big – I said just. We have this big <laughs> – we have this bugaboo about the word leadership because, oh, I don't want to be the kind of snotty, arrogant, assertive jerk who says, I'll I'll chair the meeting. I'll be happy to chair the meeting.
0: But, you know, like that because I've talked a lot this week with clients about confidence and arrogance. And so here I'd be interested in your thoughts. I really think arrogance is rooted in shame. And, you know, I love shame, right? But it's this, I'm not enough. Let me puff up and show you who I am. But when you're really confident, like, okay, I'm going to get this done. And, you know, whatever the decisions may need to be, if it means I need to figure out the Coast Guard, I need to do this, we're going to figure it out and get it done. We're going to make the best decision with the information we have now. Get it done. It's not, there's not this comparison. I am better than you. It's, I have confidence that we'll get it done. And I and I do think that that confidence and that arrogance get kind of put in the same bowl, so to speak. And yes. then people are afraid like, oh, well, if I, if I presume to be a leader, then people are going to think I'm arrogant. But I'm right. a person who just gets things done. Like I want people that can get things done. If you say, hey, I'm going to arrange hotels, awesome, go do it. Yes, you're being a leader. And there's going to be people that are going to be so thankful. And then there's always going to be the people that are complaining. Right? I think it's impossible to hold a growth
1: mindset referring back to Carol Dweck's work it's impossible to be arrogant and hold a growth mindset because arrogance to me is um, an is is a creation of a fixed mindset I know everything I know everything there is to know I'm I am a unmitigated expert and there's nothing you can tell me that I don't already know that mm-hmm. is a fixed and arrogant fixed mindset. Well, mm-hmm. I was just gonna say you could be confident and have that growth mindset.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like there's plenty that I know, but I'm sure you know some too. Mm-hmm. And then there's things that I may think I know and then realize I need to learn more. Right. But it's, so you're willing to make mistakes. I mean, that's the growth mindset, right? If I get 64% on a test, like Carol's thing, the research had shown, I can go, wow. What can I learn? You know, what is it that I don't know? Let me go learn about this versus the kids who got the 64% on that test and said, Oh, see, I'm a fraud. People know that I don't really know anything. I better go hide away. And that's all shame. Right. I think if you combine Carol's work and Brene's work, a fixed mindset again is rooted in shame and a growth mindset is rooted in, you know, compassion or love or confidence, whatever the word that, you know, you feel comfortable in where like, what I know or don't know is not a reflection of who I am as a person or my worthiness. But a fixed mindset, it's definitely tied to your worthiness. Absolutely. So, you know, I, whether it's being a leader or being an athlete, right? Cause that's, those are the worlds that I work in. Anytime I think you're in that position where people can see you, I do think what gets in the way of really owning that leadership is that we're afraid that other people are going to criticize or they're going to judge us, so let me not put myself there because I don't want to be vulnerable to that. What do you think?
1: I I, I have been toying with this thought recently that the majority of human beings hate hearing the word no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, hear, they hate hearing no, the kind of no that no, you're wrong, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think for a lot of people hearing no... Is an, what, another way of saying I'm not enough, mm-hmm. and so they don't want to put themselves in a position where someone might say no. Mm-hmm. So then they get all it gets passive aggressive, or they hold things back, which is not the way to actually live a full and engaging life. I, I, when you said athletic, you know what your spheres of influence are. I was thinking about politics because mm-hmm. I where I live and my my past career, and and I think when you look at Congress. The House and the Senate, particularly, you have a, a very odd situation is that each member of Congress, whether they're in the House of Representatives or if they're in the Senate, we just use Congress to be everybody, but a lot of them are former mayors, former governors, um, former CEOs, uh, former business owners, people who have been solo contributors, uh, they've been leaders in their own communities. Then they come to Washington and the e, they're a group of leaders who need to be led. So <laughs> that's why we have, you know, we have the majority leader, the minority leader, we have the speaker of the house, we have all, you know, the entire whip structure, which is the assistance to the leadership. And there are times when a leader in politics needs to be a really great listener. Mm-hmm. And needs to be somebody who listens to the leader and then takes that leadership and um, ripples that leadership out to his or her own constituents wherever they live. And the successful leaders in Washington are the ones that can toggle between right now I am the leader, I am the member of Congress from this district, I'm the senator from California, and in this meeting— I'm somebody listening to a leader. And I think this toggling that happens in politics is the same toggling that many of us do in our day-to-day life. So for instance, let's say I had five people who reported to me. I would have more than five if I was in that kind of deal, but let's say I had five people who reported to me and I reported to somebody So I'm toggling. I'm a leader with my people and I'm a follower with my boss, although sometimes my boss wants me to be a leader too, because sometimes my boss says, "Michelle, what do you think? Mm-hmm. that's a minute to stand up as a leader, so I think maybe also in in the word leadership, we aren't trained or we don't think about times that um that I also need to be as a really good leader. I need to be a follower
0: mm-hmm. well I, I you know it's so interesting because that is an important con. Uh, topic for people because I think we people go oh well, I'm a leader I'm a leader I'm always supposed to be a leader but in the different areas of your life like you're saying you may not so for me I use a lot of leadership energy day to day with my the work that I do but one of the things that I was tired of using leadership energy for was just my own workouts so mm-hmm. I chose to hire a personal trainer which you know re- on the on the outside it looks kind of ridiculous because I know how to do strength training, I know how to write programs, that's what I do for other people. But for myself, I didn't want to have any leadership energy. I just wanted to be the participant and somebody else to tell me what to do. And that it it was it was a really important insight that I learned about myself of I have so much leadership energy that's going out all day to have me in this one particular arena in my life it was going to be really okay for me to just be the participant instead of, and I use that word just, so now I'm, I'm noticing that, but to be the participant versus, no, I should do this myself because, and I can be the leader and I can design my own program and I can make sure I get it done.
1: And, you know, the great uh, growth mindset there is as much as you know about how to do this and the fact that you do it from other, with for other people, is this trainer may show you something that you've never seen before. They may come at something in a completely different way, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And which is, you know, then you take and you take into your life and you take into your work. And so that, that ability to recognize in a sort of back to the big picture that all of us every day, every minute of every day have a leadership calling. And sometimes as leaders allowing ourselves to be led is a very rich, rewarding learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, plus for those of us like me and you who kind of are natural leaders and always ask to please just, could you please just pull them together? Right. <laughs> yes. yes. That being, you know, kind of deferring to other people's leadership is a rest for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, um, like if you and I were to walk into a room and they asked you to to chair the meeting, I would be so happy <laughs> because I wouldn't have to do it. But but I would I would think that would be great.
0: Mhm. It it is really nice. I think because we do do so much leadership to have those opportunities not to be leader. But the one of the problems and I don't know if this is in a situation that you have is that um and this is going to sound so bad, I'm already judging it, but like, I also have to have confidence in the leader that's leading.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I lose confidence in the leader, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time um, maintaining my enthusiasm for having my butt in the chair. Mm
0: -hmm. um, But Let's talk about that because, I mean, that is a fear, right, is what if I step up to this and what happens if they don't have confidence in me? What are your thoughts about that? Well, I
1: hadn't even really thought about that. Uh, so let's think. If uh, you can't, I remember having a client once. I, I may have shared this story with you before, but I had this client once who was having a difficult relationship with somebody at work. And um, through the course of our coaching, she said something like, "You know, I should be able to win her over." And I'm like, "Really? Is this this is your superpower?" And she said. Yeah, I'm always able to win people over. I should be able to win her over. And I said, wow, how many people are in the world? And I don't remember how many people in the world. How many? Seven mil- billion or something? Something like that, yeah. Seven like, billion people. You have the super power of being able to make every single one of those seven billion people fall in love with you? God, that's great. Mm-hmm. And then she started to laugh. And she realized that her mindset, the way she had come up through her life and career, was she was charming. If you looked in this like the strengths finder, one of her big strengths would be woo. Mm-hmm. And so she relied on that strength, that ability to win people over. But it kind of turned around to, I can win over the right people. And it totally reduced the stress in her relationship with this this difficult woman. Because she stopped trying so hard to quote unquote win her over, which was a validation of her woo ability, Mm -hmm. and
0: instead said, if she's not the right person, that's fine. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I think that's really important is like, because when I think about the, the leaders that I respect and have confidence in, a lot of times it's my values aligned with their values. Right. right, And then the other thing I have to do as a participant or a follower is also give them grace for making mistakes. Because if I right. judge them just based on one thing that they've ever done, then that's not, I'm not giving them grace, right? I'm, I'm, I'm actually in a fixed mindset thinking they have to be perfect. Because then I've done this, put a leader on a pedestal instead of realizing they're human. And sometimes they're going through their own muck as well. So I do think, you know, when we choose... To be, and sometimes you don't get to choose, right? Because if you're in Congress, you don't get to choose, necessarily, right? And, right. And and so maybe it's maybe maybe the question as as we're rumbling through this is, maybe you respect the seat of the leader, right? The position of that, because you don't get to choose like, oh, I want this is a leader I chose to follow. I mean, here is the leader that you have. And how can I be more effective with this leader? I don't know. What are your thoughts?
1: I, I think about it in terms of like um, some people I know have gone to retreats with uh, well-known, you know, personal development leaders, and they've come back from the they've come back from the event with you know feeling disappointed and feeling like it didn't go the way they wanted, and they feel like they didn't get their money's worth and that sort of thing, and I. I think what a great opportunity for understanding, as you said, you know, maybe they just made a mistake or maybe they just were having a difficult time or maybe whatever. But regardless of it, whatever my experience was, is a great opportunity for learning. Mm -hmm. You know, I may have picked up some cue from the person uh, in person that you'd never get through their very highly curated social media profile. And that is what a gift. Um, I may have learned that their approach to things not line up with my values. What a great gift. What something to learn there? Um, And, you know, you may find out later, um, you know, that they had some big loss. So, again, it's like stepping away from the, the judging decisiveness of it to say, wow, what is there for me to learn here? Now I was following this leader and I got disappointed. What is
0: there for me for me to learn about me in that? Well, you know, and something, because I made this decision a year or two ago to do some work and um and I was pretty clear about the leader and there were some strengths that this leader had that was really um something that I really wanted. And then there were some weaknesses, like the the leader really doesn't finish strong and that's obviously right perseverance and grit are really important to me and I had to think about it like okay knowing who this person is knowing their strengths knowing their weaknesses is this still something that's valuable for me and I thought about it and I weighed in, and then my next question is regardless of how they show up how am I going to show up yes what am I going to make sure that I get from this experience Right, instead of being dependent on, well, did the leader do things? Right, because it's so easy to fall back into that. And it was, how am I gonna show up? And so every time I was interacting, I really was adamant about Corinne, you must show up. You know, learn what you need to learn, get what you need to learn. And that was such a pivotal thing where I the their weakness did not become my problem. Does that make sense?
1: So fantastic. I mean, and and you know, it calls to mind that um, old statement: um, "Be the change you wish to see." Mm -hmm. Right, and a lot of people. That's really a hard statement: "Be the change you want to see." Who am I to make change? You know, who am I to think I could possibly make change? And then, who am I if I'm really that powerful that I could make change? Holy cow! Mm -hmm. I have to look at myself in a completely different way. And I, I, I think in my work. I think one of the biggest challenges people face as human beings is, is being more gracious and open with their definition of self. You know, Oh, I'm just somebody who works, you know, for minimum wage. I could never make anything change is, is like such a limited mindset mm-hmm. because if I'm, if I'm working at, at a fast food restaurant for a minimum wage, you know, how I conduct myself in the course of that work makes a huge difference to everybody I meet, everybody I encounter, and all my coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so I can complain, oh, the, you know, none of us ever talk to each other. I can complain about that. But then I could be the one who starts talking to other people, which is leadership.
0: So when, I started coaching swimming, really, really coaching swimming in 1993. So it was, what, 23 years ago. I coached a little bit before then. but And I live in a highly educated community where there's a lot of MDs, JDs, and PhDs, right? A lot of Ds. And we live next to the state capitol, so really highly influential people. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just a swim coach. And I think back then I was making minimum wage. And I used to see that and I just thought I was less than. And now... You know, I'm still a swim coach, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and I'm and I'm not. You know, my husband's this coach that has Olympian. his coached Olympians. I'm. I'm just. I'm a coach. I coach swimming, and I almost said just. And you said you did say I, it. I, I'm I, just I, gonna just <laughs> gonna throw that in there. Mm-hmm. Catching myself, it'll be like should. That's pretty much right. all my vocabulary now because mine of you. too. <laughs> and and I have a fancy title, right? The executive director of a nonprofit, so I can use that and I can pull that out. But really, I'm a swim coach. And that is my way to change the world. And there are some people, and I've had a parent say this to me some years ago, and I coached this kid for a really long time. And he said, oh, I just wish I had a life like yours, where you just lifeguard for a couple hours a day. (laughs) I almost fell over when he said that, because there's a big difference between lifeguarding and sitting in a chair, which I've been in coaching somebody and training somebody and mm-hmm. teaching somebody and helping them overcome obstacles. Right. Which I'm really good at. And I was like, wow, I said, interesting that that's how he sees me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but I didn't, I didn't buy into that 23 years ago. That would have been a total trigger. So you're not worthy and all of that. And so for me to do my own work of and, and I can own that this is my way to change the world. Cause at one day, and I don't know if I told you this, I was at the gym, I don't know, a couple of years ago and they had something about, um, Uh, uh, sex trafficking in young girls. And all of a sudden, I I just saw it. Like, I didn't even hear it because it was just on the television at the gym. And I thought, Mm -hmm. oh, that is horrible. That is important work. If I was really doing important work, I'd be doing that. And I started to beat myself up. Like, really, Corinne, you're changing the world. You're in an affluent town teaching people how to swim, right? And I thought about it some more. And I said, well, that's right now not my work to do. And then I thought about our friend Andrani. Right. Mm -hmm. That's her work to do. And I was like, I'm so thankful that there are people out there doing this. And I really support that work right now. That's not my work. Right. But right now, if I can teach young kids how to be confident, how to be courageous, how to treat themselves with compassion, what kind of leaders are they going to be in their own lives when they become adults? So my work is important. We can think it's frivolous and it's it's just swimming. And I purposely said that just but I'm I'm training hopefully future – or I am training future leaders, right, especially in the context that we're talking about so that they can show up in their lives and do the work that they're meant to do. So that really helped me reframe instead of judging like, oh, this is just frivolous, it's swimming. Like the the work that I'm doing and how I'm making my impact, It's it's my area of expertise. It's a sport that I love and there's so many learning opportunities from that, right, where I can help people grow as humans.
1: Yeah, and we, the, whenever those things happen in my life, like oh my gosh, I should really do something in sex tra- trafficking, or I should really run for Congress, or you know, <laughs> whatever. You know, something comes up. I always think, what what do what do I think I'm going to get? Mm-hmm. What what is missing to make this an appealing thing? And you know, it study after study has shown that the biggest motivator for human beings is that sense of meaning, that sense that what I do matters. And so rescuing a child from sex trafficking, it's meaningful, it matters so much. To me, that's like, that's the, the yearning, that's the longing. The longing is to make a difference in somebody's life. And so then Uh, My way of thinking is, okay, so where in the world am I making a difference? It may or may not be in the sex trafficking field, but this has come up to make me aware that I'm disconnected from my purposefulness. And so that allows, whenever I have that kind of, you know, siren song of, you know, you need to do something different, I try to look at it and say, well, so what is it showing me is missing? And then whatever is missing that's what I need to attend to. It may mean that I need to volunteer to help with sex trafficking situations, but it also may mean that I really need to um, be grateful and, and um, honor what it is that I do now.
0: Ooh, I love that honor what I do now. Why is it so important to honor what we do right now? If we're wanting to be like, Strive for something more. Why is that so important?
1: Well, because I think so many of us run our lives by, you know, checklist, right? So I check that off. It's done. What's next? We get in that feeling of there's there's always something next. There's always something needs to get done. Um, and so we don't stop and say, well done. Well done. You did that very well. You have, you know, you have everything you need. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't need a new couch. I already have great couch. I actually have several great couches. But <laughs> do. Yeah, I do. But so but my point is is that it's, we're kind of as a society like new next, next new, new next. Instead of saying this, this right here is really good. This right here what I just accomplished. I'm going to sit with this for a while because this feels really really good. I was talking this morning to somebody, uh, last night actually, to somebody who's about to go on a trip to Lake Como, in Italy. And of course, I said, "Oh, George Clooney," and she said, "Yes, my close friend George Clooney." Ha ha. You know, we started to, to, to joke about um, George Clooney. And the the interesting thing is, is that she wasn't sort of like, I don't even know how to say it. Her energy was not like how great I get to go to uh, Lake Cuomo, Mm -hmm. Lake Como. You know, how wonderful that I have a life that I get to do something as special as this. It was sort of like, yes, and as soon as I get back, I have to X, Y, Z. Like, no, love Lake Como. Be present with Lake Como. Be grateful that you get to go. Love every single minute of it. Experience it.
0: But don't you think that there's that fear of like, oh, I don't want to be arrogant if I really love it. If I really just say, because, you know, because it could be I'm going to like coma. Who am I? You know, I don't want people to think I'm arrogant about it. So there's that vulnerability of like, if I love it, people are going to think I'm thinking I'm something more than I am. What do you think? Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe like people are going to judge, wow, she's really rich or, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know. I I think it's more important for me, any of us, rather than think about what what are the possible reactions of every human being on the planet to how can I own the joy of the thing I'm about to do? It's not like, oh, I'm going to Lake Como and I know you peons will never have that opportunity. It's like, I'm going to Lake Como and I'm so excited because for the first time I'm going to do this because I love the place we've rented and I'm so looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's arrogant at all. That's sort of just confident and sharing mm-hmm. the joy.
0: But there's not, there's, I think arrogance has comparison in it. Look yeah. at me, look at you, which is all shame, right? Where right. confidence is you just own it right? and you can really have pleasure in it, but you're not saying I'm better than you. Right. Right. Or you're better than me. You're out of that whole comparison game that we get so caught up in.
1: And maybe that's like bringing it back around to the idea of leadership, right? Is that it's like um, me standing up as a leader doesn't mean that you can't also stand up as a leader. It doesn't mean that 50 other people couldn't stand up as a leader. Mm -hmm. But my owning the fact that every day I lead myself, if nobody else, I lead myself in accordance to my values, and my choices support my values and my strengths, my priorities. And I do that. Mm-hmm. And so every day I'm a leader. And because I'm a leader in okay. this realm, it's possible for me to lead in other realms, too, and have the kind of impact that I think so many of us are really hungry for.
0: Mm-hmm. But that's where I think it's so important when you lead yourself in accordance to your values, your strengths, and your priorities. Because now you practice that. You learn how to develop a relationship where you you are in alignment with yourself. You can trust yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you can go and lead other people. You're not trying to prove to other people. You just go and lead. There's that word again. Right. right. But you, just. <laughs> you go I was the
1: first thought you went lead. I'm like, yes, we're talking about leadership. You're going to say lead. Oh, no. You this said show.
0: Not. Oh, I did say that. Just, yes. yes. No, you didn't say should, you said suggest. suggest yes. You lead and th- that, that, that practicing leadership with your values is so huge and it doesn't have to be this, um, there's no right or wrong, right? I mean, that's the growth mindset. We, right. we learn, we make mistakes, we fall down, we get up. And if you can really, if you really are willing to lead, you're also willing to own your mistakes. And look mm-hmm. at and go. Okay, what can we do to get better? We uh, we just had our championships, I guess a few weeks ago, and um the there was a lot of hoopla. I think we won like five four hundred points or something. And it's so interesting because the way when I was going through the results in the meet, I'm like, okay, wow, we did really well here. Here's areas of improvement. This is what we can work on for next year. That's how I was going through the results, right? Mm-hmm. And and. Um, and some of our kids who hadn't really um, had a great deal of success and they may have been on the team for many years, they they had a really great weekend. And we were out to dinner that night and some families came and they were really upset because some of the other teams said that we had cheated. And oh. That, yeah. And this this actually happens quite a bit. You know, when you're successful, let's take them down, right? Because it's easier right. to take somebody down than to actually look within and say, what can we do better? and how can we get better or what do they have? What are they mm-hmm. doing that we're not doing? We don't want to own our own stuff. We want to just take somebody down. This is very, very common. And so a lot of these parents were talking to me and they were really upset and, I, and, and they had said, well, you know, they're, this isn't fair. They're taking this away from the kids. I go, oh, no, we won and your child did this and nobody can take that away. There will always be haters and this is an opportunity for your child to take a look at here's what people are saying Let's look at it. Did we cheat? Right. You know, I mean, the answer is no. And isn't it interesting that when, when people were accusing us of cheating, they weren't looking inside their own house, so to speak, to say, what can we do better? But what was I doing? I was looking at, okay, what can we do better for next year? Because last year we didn't win. Right. Right. And and so last year it was and you know, um, we were looking at, okay, what are the things? And we worked really hard add a few things to make sure that this year it was different and we accomplished that. Right. And that's going back with inside, right. Where you go back inside of what are your values? What are your strengths? What are your priorities instead of getting into this comparison game and then yeah. trying to take somebody else down.
1: Right. And to even the comparison game of like being in a meeting and seeing somebody leading really beautifully and really leading well, that is not a referendum on your worthiness. Somebody else's like excellent leadership skills. Mm-hmm. It's, again, an opportunity for you to be the leader of your own your own kind of way and see what you can learn from that human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there may be a day when you're the person at the front of the room and that particular leader is, t- is taking your lead. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, how many times, like I can't tell you how many times I have, well, I mean, your word of should, you told me that years ago. And I have loved that, like letting go of should from your vocabulary because it's a judgment word. And how many times I've sat in a room or been on a call or something where there's a leader that says something or does something and I sit there in fascination like, wow, that is so good. I am taking that and going to use it. Now, I'm not going to steal something. I mean, I'll give attribution. That's fine. But I, I won't say, oh, I created this. Like, You should never use the word should. I mean... You're the one that told me that, right? Or the yay me, and I use that yay me. But that, I mean, there's so much beauty in that. Like somebody instead of the oh my gosh, they're so much better than me, and I could not even do anything like that, and that's so horrible. It's like take what you need, and that's I really what I did a few years ago when I did that. You know that that training with that leader was. I told myself, Corinne, it's up to you to take what you need. To come in here, why are you doing this? What is your intention? What do you want to learn from this? And make sure that whether it's delivered or not, you either are willing to ask the questions if it's not delivered, or you learn this. This is up. This is on you. And that was really me being a leader in my life versus you know in my life as I was a participant. Does that make sense? Yes.
1: You know, popped into my head is um, the National Gallery of Art in Washington D.C. is this beautiful. Um, Facility, and there's one wing which is more modern, kind of modern art, and there's the other wing which is more like historical art, you know, back from thousands of years, right up into to modern, you know, I don't want to say modern art, but more current era art, but more of the traditional side. Anyway, um, you can walk in there. I, I took a visitor with me, and we went around the corner into the impressionist swing. And as you walk in there, you see Van Gogh's starry night. You see Monet's uh, water lilies. You know, you see all these paintings that you've seen your whole life on the back of playing cards or on a postcard from your Nana or whatever. Here they're the real pictures. And my friend who's a very sophisticated, very worldly person went like this. Because that's what, I mean, you can't help but see original Van Gogh and Picasso and Monet and Manet and all those painters and not go, oh. Now, here's the difference, is that I don't think, oh, oh, gosh, I should never pick up a paintbrush because I can't do that, Mm -hmm. right? I think, wow, look at this beautiful work. Look how wonderful this is. Look at the joy and the contemplation going on around me, it can inspire me to paint, I I doubt I would ever be a Van Gogh person because I've never had the training and I'm doesn't seem that's where my talent flies. But the difference in knowing your own confidence, having your own understand yourself knowing your values and your strengths and your everything is that when somebody demonstrates outstanding leadership, that is not a um, signal for me to step back and be nothing. It's I should go, oh, just the same way I do when I see a Manet or a Monet or Degas mm-hmm. or a Mary Cassatt, And that is like if there's like the message about leadership, it is you can see someone in their leadership strength. And it takes nothing away from you.
0: Mm-hmm. But that's when, because you're confident with who you are, right? Well, yes. And I also see the possibility. Mm-hmm. You know, the,
1: because somebody named uh, Degas lived, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I can't paint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because he painted all these wonderful paintings of ballerinas, that doesn't mean that no one ever... In the history of mankind, again, should ever try to paint a, a picture of a ballerina? Mm-hmm. No. You know, I would love to see a, a modern painter's take on, on that subject matter.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Well, I love it. I love how I talk about swimming, you talk about politics or the right or painting. Paintings, right. right? We all talk about it, but they're, they're, we're talking about the same thing. Because like yes. I, I can see in the swimming world where you know the Olympics are starting I think tonight, and you can say oh Katie Ledecky I can never swim like that so I try, and, and and the reality is is that there's 39 Olympians in 2016 on the swim team, there's very few people that get that opportunity, but you can still have so much growth and fun and trials and tribulations by being a swimmer. It's like what you're talking about being painting. We may not be able to do those works of art that are going to hang in a national gallery. But there's so much that we can learn and express in our own work.
1: Yes. And if I wanted to get back into swimming, um, my goal would not to be to be Katie Ledecky. My goal would be to be Michelle Woodward. Ooh,
0: well said. Right?
1: Yes. And so Katie, God love her. She's, you know, great. She's, she's demonstrating such focus and such commitment, such grit. But Michelle Woodward's goals as a swimmer. Might be to um, take the stress off my knee. Mm-hmm. Um, might be to finally master the flip turn. I'm just saying for mm-hmm. my own self. But like, instead of going in and saying I have to be as good as Katie Ledecky, a once in a lifetime kind of athlete, or there's no sense in doing it, is the fixed mindset. Instead, mm-hmm. saying. If I go into this, what is it that I want to accomplish? What is it that's going to make me feel that I'm as good as Katie Ledecky in my own heart and mind? Mm -hmm. And for me, doing a flip turn might just be it. I'm not sure, (laughs) but it could be. I'd be all all like, Katie Ledecky! Ah!" No. But you know what I mean? Why not go into it saying, if I was going to go to Michael's right now and pick up uh, some paints and a canvas, I would not be thinking I'm going to do Starry Starry Night, Mm -hmm. right? I would be thinking, what is it that Michelle Woodward wants to express via this canvas? What do I want to learn about myself? What do I want to say to the world if I'm going to ever show it to anybody?
0: We we do this annual event on the fourth of July. It's our Monster Tough Biathlon, and a lot of triathlons are not in a swimmer's best interest. It's like one lap, or even like the Ironman. It's a three-mile swim compared to running a marathon, right? So it's all it's never in a swimmer's favor. So we do this Monster Tough Biathlon where you swim a mile and then you run. I don't know, it's like a mile or a mile and a half, and we and and it's great because you know our swimmers do it, parents can do it, and it's can be competitive, and it's age appropriate but uh, some parents don't want to do it because they're like oh I don't want to look like a fool and there's some really good athletes and we had this one mom who is actually um, I'm not going to say she's a professor from campus but I won't say but and my husband goes look at you you know you're willing to be courageous and go and do this and what kind of role modeling are you doing for your daughters that you're saying look I may not be fast but I'm going to get in and I'm going to do this and I'm going to finish he goes that is that is so important right it's not about just winning the event it's how do you show up and the fact that you're saying okay i'm willing to go and do my best in spite of all these great athletes around me who are going to come in you know 20 minutes before me yeah right that is that is in essence of being a leader because she's being a leader within like her own family and then also being a leader amongst our community where people say wow look at her right right well michelle thank you
1: Thank you. It's always a pleasure.
0: Love talking with you. Thank you so much. Do you now believe that you are a leader? Because when we first started the show, it was why you're already a leader, even if you don't think you are. And I hope we gave you enough examples of how we can be leaders in so many different aspects of our life. Maybe your title is CEO. Maybe your title is director and you are a leader. Maybe your title is Little League Baseball Coach and it's volunteer. You are still a leader. Money does not determine leadership. And that's a really important thing that we actually never addressed. It is very important in how much money doesn't change the leadership. Sometimes people think a title will mean that they are a leader and that people should, notice I use that word, should, which is a judgment word, respect them. But what have you done to earn that leadership? And I want to circle back to something that Michelle and I were talking about because it just came up as, oh, there I am with that word just. It came up as we were discussing this. What about when you don't have confidence in your leadership? And there are some situations where, like, if you don't have confidence in my leadership as the director of the swim team, we may not be a good fit for you. Maybe the, our values don't align. If you have a belief, so for instance, and I'm not saying I'm better than, but if you have a belief that, You know, we must do everything we possibly can to make your eight year old child fast. That's not what we do. So we're not the right fit. There's other teams that can do that. Go do that. If you don't trust my leadership, we may not be the right fit and you need to go do that. And I have to be really comfortable with that as a leader. And again, I was, I'm in a recovering approval whore because, and I use that word and I know I have some listeners that don't like that. Let me talk about that for a second. Language is really important. And if I said, oh, people pleaser, that's just too gentle. I am a bit dense about things. I'm working on that. And for me, when I think of being an approval whore, that goes against my values because I never want to sell myself out. And I realized I was selling myself for other out for other people's approval. And the cost was really great. And I, and I partly, I mean, we're conditioned, especially as women, we're programmed. That's what you need to do. Get other people's approval. Be well liked be liked, you know, uh, do whatever it takes. Well, to a degree, right? And I don't want to sell myself out. So for me, I really have to use that word because it reminds me, don't sell yourself out. Don't be an approval whore. And I'm a recovering one and there are times I can step into that. But one of the things I really had to learn, and especially I really got it down this summer, is that whether people like you or don't like you, it has nothing to do with you it really really doesn't if somebody doesn't like me by the way that i lead our values are probably different and and i can do that cuz i'm not rooted in shame as i'm talking about this i'm not it's it's like when michelle and i were talking about confidence confidence is rooted in love and self-love like this is what i can do like if you asked me could you jump in and swim 500 yards of freestyle i could do that it wouldn't be very fast. I couldn't do what I did when I was a collegiate athlete, but I could swim 500 yards of freestyle. It'd probably be pretty ugly, but I could do it. I have confidence. It's not There's not any drama around it, and it's not about let me prove to you. There's none of that. Proving is rooted in shame. It's that I can do it. If you ask me, can you cook a four-course meal? I'd say, well, no, I can't because I don't know how to do that. So when you have confidence, It's not about being better than somebody else. It's, are you able to do it or not? And when you come from that place of confidence and not arrogance and not comparison, because that's rooted in shame, you can make decisions and you can realize that not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to be happy. And it can be really difficult and it can be painful. I'm not saying that it's really easy and I'm not saying that I sit there and go, oh, yay. Yay me. People don't like me. But I remind myself that it's not about me. Like, think about it. The people that you don't like, why is it that you don't like it? Like them. Maybe they don't keep their word. Maybe you think they dress too flamboyantly. It's your judgments about how somebody else is supposed to be. If they want to dress flamboyantly, which I actually have no problem with, that is up to them. If they want to spend a lot of money on meals. That is up to them. It's not my wallet that they're using. But we tend to judge others and believe that they should follow what we believe. And that has actually counter what we've been talking about, you being the leader of your life. So whether people like you or not, that's really not your business because it has nothing to do with you. It's about are you showing up and being your best self? Are you showing up and being the leader of your life in working in the world and being a leader like Michelle talked about, one is you're a leader and then you're also a participant. And there's different aspects. And being, by paying attention, being a leader doesn't mean you know it all and that you're only right and everybody else is wrong. That's not being a leader. And it's going to be hard to find people to follow. Sometimes it won't be depending on um, the people that you have. When you're a leader, people are going to love you and they're going to hate you. And to know that if you're going to be great at something, people are going to love you and they're going to hate you. That is just the rule. So even in athletics, one of the things that especially young girls struggle with is that when they become better, it creates problems and there's a dynamic within the groups. It can create problems with the families and the parents because somehow we think, oh, if she's better, then I'm now left behind instead of looking at it like we were talking about and being inspired and going, wow, if that's possible for her, what's possible for me? And really being inspired, inspired One of the reasons I've done the show now for almost 10 years is that I wanted you to be inspired to see what is possible and so that you can show up in your life, right? It's that windows of possibility. What's possible? That's a curiosity mindset. That's a growth mindset. Looking at that and committing to something and going forward with it. So as you think about being a leader in your life, Think about what are your values? What are your strengths? What are your priorities? And Michelle and I talk about that a lot, but it's so important. You know, how do you want to show up? You know, who do you want to be? What is it that you want to accomplish? You know, in what areas are you a leader? And what areas are you discounting your leadership? I don't want to be a leader in my physical activity (laughs) of working out. I really don't. I've done it for a number of years. And right now, I'm really happy to hand that over. There's some other areas that I really, really want to be a leader in, and I am. One would be the swim team that I run. So, but pay attention, and there's not a right answer. That's something that's really important. I think we get so fixated. What's the right answer? What's the, what's the holy grail? There is none. What works for you? That part's really important. you know. And as you lead, notice what starts to get in the way. What are the rumblings in the back of your head that are you afraid that, oh, no, they're going to hate me? or maybe I'll lose this friendship. Well, thinking about that, if you're losing a friendship because of how you choose to lead, are you okay with that? Are you not? Leadership means that you make hard decisions. And I'm not saying you're like, screw you and the rest of the world I'm leading. It's making hard decisions. It's saying what's okay, what's not okay when you lead. And then it's also making hard decisions about what are your priorities because unlike that Angele commercial that did a lot to my brain, it really programmed my brain. Those of you who are in your forties or older, you may remember it was from the seventies and it was that woman. It was a perfume commercial, you know, where you can pick up the bacon, you can fry it up in a pan because you're a woman. You know, it was like, you could be all the things you can make money. You can be the sex goddess and you can have, you know, I don't know, all of this. We can't be everything. So thinking about what it is that you want to be thinking about what your priorities are where do you want to be a leader and where are you okay and comfortable with not being a leader and i have to say that was hard practice because i was always so leadership and i can still stumble on that so leader so leader so leader i would actually go black and white and then go totally not leader and instead it's that toggling that michelle was talking about of okay where am i how much do i want to contribute as a participant and then how much how much do i want to contribute as a leader think about that thanks so much for listening today and i'm smiling big for you she is dreaming she is drifting never been so wide away captured